Before we get started, here's a quick reminder that the Pay Active podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered financial advice. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pay Active Podcast. As always, I am your host, Eric Rosenberg. This month, we're celebrating Credit Card Education Month. Building credit can be a daunting task, but it's important if you want to rent an apartment, take out a car loan, or a home loan. PayActive is an all-in-one financial wellness tool that can help you budget better and pay your credit card bill on time with the PayActive Visa card. It's not a credit card, it's a financial tool and a bank account alternative that can securely hold up to $10,000. Search PayActive in your phone's app store to get started. And with that, let's dive into today's episode, The Double-Edged Sword of Credit Cards. Now, credit cards are a topic we've discussed in the past, and there are some good and bad. Some might call it a double-edged sword, because credit cards come with a whole lot of benefits, but there's also risks. And one of those risks that we notice a lot right now is the risk of paying very high monthly interest payments. As interest rates increase, as we're seeing right now in the increasing interest rate environment, you might notice the interest rates on your credit cards are going up as well. So today we decided to ask our good friend Deacon Hayes from Well-Kept Wallet some questions about how he would manage credit card debt and to help us navigate our way through paying off and avoiding credit card interest as we move forward. I am so excited to be here with the man of the hour, Deacon Hayes from Well-Kept Wallet. Deacon, welcome so much to the show. We're glad to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. So as we mentioned in the intro today, we are talking all about high interest credit card debt and how to not be in high interest credit card debt. So the first thing I wanted to ask you, Deke, you know, interest rates have definitely not been stable lately. They've been in the news. So what does it mean to somebody when they see in the news interest rates are going up if they have credit cards? Yeah. So everybody kind of thinks about interest rates in terms of mortgages because that's what people typically associate, right? They're like, oh, mortgages are now six, six and a half percent. But the reality is, is when mortgages raise, everything else raises as well, right? Not just because of mortgages, but because the Fed raises the rate. So that means that your credit card that might have been 15% could be 18 to 20% now in interest, uh, which means if you carry a balance, you're going to pay a lot more in interest to the lender than you probably want to at all. Right. So if you see to just think about the numbers, how that might affect me as a credit card customer, let's say I have a thousand dollar balance on my credit card and my credit card's interest rate is 18%. I see in the news, interest rates are going up a quarter percent. You know, a couple of days later, I get an email from my bank that your interest rate is up 0.25%. So what does that mean to you as an individual when you see that rate go up a little bit? Yeah. I mean, what it typically is going to mean if you're carrying that balance, that the amount of interest every month that you're going to pay is going to be more, right? So there is this direct correlation to you as the cardholder that when interest rates go up and you, if you carry a balance, you're going to pay more to that lender each month. But it's about a 3% spread from about a year and a half ago, year, year and a half ago. So meaning that's 3% more to borrow money on any level, personal, uh, credit cards, mortgages, et cetera. 
Yeah, that's really important to know. It's also good to know that your savings account interest rates are hopefully going up. So when all the rates go up, hopefully they all go in and lock, go up in lockstep, as, as you were saying. It affects everything. It affects mortgages and credit cards and a lot more. But if you have a credit card, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about you have to carry a balance from month to month and pay interest to build your credit score and things like that. How would you address someone who came up to you having a coffee, a friend, and said, you know, I, I carry a little balance. I want to make sure I'm building credit. What would you say to them? Well, what I'd say is, yeah, there are a lot of misconceptions. So what I do is clear it up. And I'd say, hey, really what matters is your credit utilization. How much of that credit card balance are you using? If you're using 50%, uh, that could be a red flag to the lender, right? So really keeping it under 30, and I even like to keep it under 20, 15 um, and pay it off every month. Like they want to see a history of you paying back what you owe them and them not having to chase you, right? And if you do that long enough, you'll be credit worthy. And so it's less about carrying a balance every month and just paying it off in full, keeping it below that 30% or 20% if you want to be a little bit more conservative like me, so that you're not risking paying interest every month. Yeah. And I like what you just said there, paying it off in full every month. So you're not risking paying interest. Can you go a little more into how someone could just avoid paying interest? Maybe their interest rate is 28%, but we know there's a trick where you don't have to pay interest at all on credit cards, right? Well, yeah, the trick is pay it off, right? But there, there are other things you can do, right? Um, you could do a, a 0% balance transfer, but you have to be aware of fees, right? That's one of the things you can get caught up with. You have to make sure that you can pay it off within whatever that time frame is, that term that, that you're agreeing to. Otherwise, you could get all of that retroactive interest tacked onto your bills. So, so like really the best thing to do that I would say is get a side hustle of some sort, get some extra money so that you can pay it off faster. Let's say you have an extra $500 and you're like, I don't have enough from my job. Okay. What could you sell on eBay or Craigslist to make an extra few hundred bucks? Uh, how many hours do you have after work where you could maybe go do a DoorDash delivery or Instacart? You know, So figuring out how you can maybe use the extra time that you have. And I know it seems kind of like a lot of times like I don't have extra time. If we were to take an audit of 24 hours, we would clearly see like there's some time that we're spending doing other things that we could use our skills to make money with, right? I know for me personally, I could look at and say, okay, I was scrolling a lot on TikTok, you know, like <laughs> I bet you if they have those apps, you know, Eric, where it will tell you how much time you spent on each app. You know, if you just looked at that app and you'd say, hey, oh, if I cut down, you know, usage on these different apps, I'd have that time to go make money. So that's where I would probably spend most of my time. Yeah, a lot of us have guilty habits. For me, I, I watch a, probably a few too many videos online and occasionally I'm tapping on those fun games, but it's uh, it's it's okay to have a little bit of fun, but not too, too much fun, right? We want to make sure we use our time well. That is really great advice. Um, so if if you are someone who wants to start using credit cards for the first time, you're, you're listening to, to Deacon and you're saying, okay, I think this is something I can manage. What are the biggest tips you would give to someone who wants to use credit cards who may have gotten bit in the past, maybe made a few mistakes in the past, and they want to go forward with a clean slate? Yeah. The, the first thing I would say is, is try to go for something that has no annual fee to get started. You're not looking for something that has the, you know, an airport lounge and that has all these crazy benefits, right? Like you're just trying to get your feet you know, through the door and kind of one, one fit out of not using credit cards back into it. Um, the next thing I'd say is, is make sure you have an available balance that's low, right? Don't risk everything. Don't try to get as much as you possibly can. 
you know, I'd say a thousand, two thousand dollars. The idea is, is you're just trying to get back in as you develop the habit of paying it on time, as you get used to doing it, your credit limit will naturally increase. The other thing I would do is I would hook up recurring payments to your credit card. So instead of using it for variable expenses like groceries and, you know, entertainment and stuff like that, I'd hook it up to your Netflix, hook it up to your cell phone bill, things that you have to pay no matter what. Just keep it around three to 500 bucks, depending on what your, your credit limit is. We talked about that 20, 30%. You know, so if it's $1,000 under 300, if it's $2,000 then under 600, and that'd be kind of where I would tell people to start. Yeah, that's great. And I love how you mentioned automatic charges. You know, I, there's a bunch of automatic subscriptions we pay every month. If we're paying them anyway, we might as well automate it so we don't forget. But you can also automate your credit card bill, right? So what would you do if you're the kind of person who forgets to pay your bills on time and you're worried, okay, let's say I, I get this new credit card. I want to get my you know, little bit of cash back or whatever the benefit is. What can I do to keep from getting into that credit card debt trap again? Yeah. I mean, one of the best things to do is hook it up to a checking account and have it automatically paid every month. Now, the one thing, the one caveat I will say is you need to make sure that you have enough money in your bank to cover it, right? Because the last thing you want to do is have an automatic payment go through and then get overdraft fees from your bank from everything that comes after that. That's the worst experience, right? Where it's like you'll, you'll spend $10 at a convenience store and they'll charge you $35 overdraft fee for everything that you do, right? So really automate it if you can. Make sure that you have the money in your checking account to cover it if you do that. Yeah, that's great advice. And if you're listening and you use the PayActive card, we can set up automatic payments using that PayActive account. And if you are running a little short on cash and you know that payment's coming, you can use Earned Wage Access, EWA, to tap into a small portion of your paycheck early as long as you've earned it. Remember, it's not a payday loan. It's something for only money you've already earned. So that's a great one to keep in mind. So I have one last question. We've tapped on the idea of credit card rewards a little bit. I know um, you and I as friends have talked about credit card rewards and how we like to use them ourselves. So could you just tell us a little bit about kind of the two main categories of credit card rewards and what kind of person might want to look at each of them? Yeah. So the two main ones are going to be cashback rewards, which are the most common and then travel re rewards. And that's, those are the ones that I use just because with kids and family and airplane tickets and hotels and all that kind of stuff, it adds up fast. But if you're just getting started, I think cashback rewards is a great place to start, right? Uh, there are places that pay one and a half percent. I think some, you, you probably know this better than me, 2% for purchases in different categories, 3% in different categories. So, you know, look at what areas that they're offering those, those rewards in and where you're willing to spend and, and be consistent and make sure that you can pay it off on time. And I would say that the cashback rewards is a great place to start. The, the one benefit that I will say about travel rewards is they typically will give you a multiplier above the cash back, right? So maybe you get one to one for cash back and you get 1.25 for travel, meaning you get 25% more to go towards travel. And you're like, oh, that's a nice added bonus. But if you're not traveling a lot, then cash back's the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Something I always like to think about when I'm talking to friends about what kind of credit card rewards is best for them. Cash back, a dollar is always worth a dollar. So if someone gets confused or overwhelmed or thinks, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to travel that much, it's always okay to get cash back because you know, it's cash back, right? It's, it's money that you could do whatever you want with, including paying down your bill. Uh, so speaking of paying down your bill, uh, we want to also mention budgeting. Budgeting is a really important part of 
using credit cards and managing your finances in general, whether you're using a debit card or a credit card or even old-fashioned cash. So uh, what would you say to somebody to take their budget and get it set up in a way that they won't get into the trouble with credit cards we were talking about a couple minutes ago? I mean, the first thing is, is if you haven't done a budget in a while, revisit it, right? Put a pen to paper and say, hey, has any of my expenses changed? And I don't know, for me, you know, groceries has gone up crazy, even housing for a lot of people now because of higher interest rates and, and people raising rents. And so really revisit that budget, have a clear picture of where you are currently. If you've already done that, then what I'd say is it's important to do like at least once a month check in with your budget to make sure you're staying on track to the goals that you want to achieve. It's very easy to forget about it or to not do it because you're like, I don't want to look at the numbers. But really, that check in is kind of an opportunity to to change course, right? To say, oh, I'm doing great, or maybe I'm not, and maybe I can cut these these recurring expenses, or maybe we can go eat out twice less a month, right? So you, you can make the course corrections on a, on a monthly basis so that you can have the extra cash to pay down your debt and, and, and not have to worry about paying that extra interest. Yeah. It's something I love about when you have a good budget in place is when you go out to make a purchase, you can do so knowing you can afford it. I don't like to look at it as something that restricts where you spend. It's something that gives you permission to spend on the things that are most important to you. And you've, you've already budgeted for something in your financial plan. So let's say uh, gas, groceries, maybe a monthly trip out to a favorite restaurant or the movies or something like that. You can look at your budget, say, I know I have the money. And then if you use your credit card to pay, you know that you'll be able to pay it back in full by that monthly due date. So you'll never pay interest. So that's a, that's a great way to tie in your budgeting to your credit cards. But if you're nervous, you can always still use a debit card. You don't have to use credit cards. There's no rule, but it's something that I know Deacon and I like to take advantage of in our finances. Are there any last words you have to say about credit cards for somebody who's trying to dabble in and get started or turn around a tough credit card situation regarding interest rates? Yeah, one thing that I, I, this is something that I did. So, you know, full confession time, Eric, when I was 18, I maxed out five credit cards and and, and I had to I had to settle for a penny on the dollar, right? And that's part of why I, be, I became interested in personal finances. I'm like, okay, I didn't do this right. Let me figure out how to do it right. And so one of the things that I did was get a secured credit card. So if you're in a really tough spot, a lot of times banks won't give you a credit card. But if you do a secured credit card, it's where you take your own cash up against that credit card. So let's say 300 bucks or 500 bucks. Now it's not a risk to the bank. They, it's, they're securing the credit card with your cash. So basically, you just pay it off like you would a regular credit card. And at some point, that secured card becomes unsecured, meaning that you get your cash back and then you're, you're legit just borrowing from the lender. So that's just one other thing I'd say, hey, if you're really in a tight spot, have bad credit, that's another option to choose uh, to, to build your credit back up and get yourself in a better financial position. That's a great tip. And thanks for sharing that story. I know it, it can feel like a bit of a zinger going back and thinking about the times we made financial oopses. And I've definitely done it myself. So thanks for sharing your history there. So if, speaking of your history with personal finance, you have a great site of your own. Would you share with the listeners where they might find you and connect? It's called wellkeptwallet.com. And uh, it's just where we shared our, our journey of paying off our debt. And I have a free money masterclass for anybody that wants to sign up. It's five days of just everything from paying off debt, making extra money, et cetera. And we're glad to help any way we can. Great. Well, thank you so much. This was great advice. Extremely useful stuff. Listeners, be sure to take advantage of everything we learned from Deacon today and check out his site. It's a great resource. 
Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Deacon as much as I did. Now, at the end of our discussion, we talked a bit about budgeting. Don't forget that if you have a PayActive account, you get access to budgeting tools for free that help you keep track of your spending and income every single month. That helps you get ready for those credit card payments or plan how you want to get out of credit card debt with bigger payments. Whatever your financial goals are, you set them in your budget, and that's very easy to do in the PayActive app. And if you haven't already, make sure to go to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to download the PayActive app. It's free to download and get started and can help put you on the track to living the life you've earned. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We'll catch you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and share the show with a friend so we can help more people improve their finances together. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.